Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. I'm going to be reading from Psalm 92 from verse 9 to verse 15. Psalm 92, we'll read from verse 9 to verse 15. Psalm 92 from verse 9 to verse 15. 92 from verse 9 to verse 15. It says, For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. I thought somebody would say amen to that. Amen. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. It says, but my horn, tell somebody my horn. My horn horn shall thou exalt like the horn of an unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Verse 11 says, mine eyes also shall see my desire on my enemies. And my ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. Verse 12 says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Tell somebody, that is me. And then it goes on to say, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the court of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. Tell somebody, God is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. Praise the Lord. From that passage, I'm going to bring out just about three things. The first thing is, it is good to praise the Lord. That's what it is good. To praise the Lord. You see, when you go to the beginning of that passage, that's Psalm 92 from verse 1. It says, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. So every morning you experience his loving kindness. Every night you experience his faithfulness. See, that's why as a child of God, you can go to bed at night without, with no fears. With no fears. You are not afraid of sleeping. You are not afraid of waking up. You are not afraid of going anywhere because why? There is the faithfulness of God. You know that the faithfulness of God is not like that of man. Is that not so? Because even the faithfulness of man at times is what? It's shaky. But the faithfulness of God is untouchable. God is a faithful God. So he says in the morning you talk about his love. But at night you talk about what? His faithfulness. Upon an instrument of ten strings. Upon his sultry, the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. God will make you glad. Amen. I said, God will make you glad. Amen. He said, I will triumph in the works of thy hand. So we said, number one, it is good to praise the Lord. The question I ask is, why praise him? Why do we need to praise God? We need to praise God because, number one, he has made me glad. He has done what? He has made, that's enough reason, because if the Lord continuously makes you glad, you know your enemy is in trouble. You know, I've shared this with us here before. That's why I like that song that they sing when we're on campus that says, 
Hallelujah, anyhow. How many of us remember that song? Hallelujah, anyhow. Hallelujah, anyhow. Don't let the devil. Ah, we don't know it. I don't know. Ah. Ah. That's the song. <laughs> so sing hallelujah anyhow. Whatever be your voice, no matter how sweet or how unsweet it is, just do what? Sing hallelujah. When the devil wants to catch you down, do what? Sing hallelujah. That's Psalm 92 verse 4 says, For thou, O Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. In other words, God is doing a work in your life. And that work, the intent is to do what? To make you glad. To make you glad. God will make you glad in Jesus' name. He will make you glad in Jesus' name. Psalm 122 verse 1. says, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us go to the house of the Lord. So number one, why praise him? Because he has made me glad. Number two, because praising him brings blessings. Is there anyone here today that wants to be blessed? You want to be blessed? Then praise him. If you praise him, praise, I mean, your praise of him will do what will bring blessings. In Psalm 67 verse, I mean, uh, uh, verse 5 to 7. Psalm 67 verse 5 to 7. It says, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. He said, then shall the earth yield an increase. And God, even our God shall do what? Shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. See, when you praise him, he will bless you. When he blesses you, the Bible says, the ends of the earth will do what? They will fear him. Why? Because you become a testimony. Because they begin to see something in you that they, they can't explain. It's not because of your qualifications. It's not because of uh, your oratory. It's just God. Tell somebody it's just God. And it will show forth in your life in Jesus' name. So, praise him because praising him brings blessings. Number three, praise him because praising him makes you a testimony. We've mentioned that already. There's someone here today that God wants to make a testimony. Your testimony is in the making. It will come to pass in Jesus' name. It shall be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Because Psalm 126, verse 1 to 3, we know the passage very well. Psalm 126, verse 1 to 3, it says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. Your mouth will be filled with laughter. I said, Your mouth will be filled with laughter. He said, And our tongue will sing it. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. Do you, do you see that? Because of what the Lord is doing in your life, some people saw it. And they say, ah, God is doing something in their life. Somebody is looking at you. And the person is looking at what will be the conclusion. And the conclusion for you will be, God has done something for him. God has done something for her. When you praise him, God will make you a testimony. Yeah. You see, the heathen saw it first. Then look at verse 3. Then we began to say it. The Lord has done great things for me. Tell somebody for me. For me. Say, whereof 
I am glad. They saw your excitement. They saw your exuberance. They saw the change. They saw the transformation. And they said, mm, God has done something for her. Maybe the you they knew was a melancholic you. The, the, what's, what's another word for it? The you that is uh, always, uh, I mean, uh, very quiet, downcast, and they think you are praying. Not knowing that it's not that because you are prayerful. It's because you are thinking of the troubles of your life. All of a sudden, the you they know is the you that is singing a new song. And it's not just that they are singing, they are seeing a new song, they are seeing the result of the transformation. God will make you a testimony. I said, God will make you a testimony. We know the story very well. In 2 Corinthians chapter 20, from verse 20 to verse 25, the story of Jehoshaphat and his enemies. The enemies came. They came to swallow up the children of Judah. They fasted. They consulted the Lord. And the Bible says they rose early in the morning, went into the wilderness, and as they went for Jehoshaphat, and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. I have a word for someone here today. If you believe, you will prosper. In fact, I want to speak to somebody's life today. You will prosper. You will flourish. You will excel. You will have a new song. You will have a testimony. And then the Bible says, He consulted the people and He has pointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. And He began to sing, Praise the Lord, for His mercy endureth forever. And the Bible says, As they sang, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Monser, which had come against Judah, and they were smitten. God is setting ambushments against your enemies. Those that are saying that the purpose of God's new anointing for your life will not be attained. God is already ambushing them. They will not succeed in Jesus' name. They will not prosper in Jesus' name. You will prosper in Jesus' name. Tell somebody, I will prosper in Jesus' name. The Bible says, I mean, when Judah came, verse 24, they looked unto the multitude. Those that were supposed to be their enemies that came to fight them. What happened? They were dead bodies. Dead bodies falling to the earth. And none escaped. That's the word for someone here today. Amen. None will escape. Amen. Everyone that is ganged up against you, the Lord is saying, how many of them will escape? None. 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 You are not the one that will fight. All you have to do is just praise him. All you have to do is just give thanks to him. All you have to do is just worship him. And he begins to fight for you. Amen. None will escape in Jesus' name. Amen. But beyond that, God doesn't just fight your enemies and leave you dry. The Bible says in verse 25 that when Jehoshaphat and Israel came to take away the spoil of them, they found in abundance riches with dead bodies, precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering the spoil. It was so much. I want to tell someone here today, your time has come. Amen. What the anointing of today will do for you is that it will open that door. Amen. There is a door that God has prepared for you. Amen. But before now, the door has not been opened. 
As this oil touches your head today, that door will be open. I said that door will be open. There is something called a floodgate. A floodgate. It's a floodgate of, uh, of blessings upon you. Before now, it's not been opened. As the oil touches your head, that floodgate is open. And you will receive your blessings in Jesus' name. That peculiar desire that you brought before the Lord today, as we get into this uh, 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 anointing service, as we come forward, just say, Lord, this is my desire. And I want this day to be the last day I will ask. Because after today, I will do what? I will, I will begin to give thanks. After today, I will begin to celebrate. After today, I will begin to rejoice. Because God has done it. Brethren, God does not do it, not necessarily the way man will do it. In fact, you may not know when he has done it. You may not feel anything physically. You may not even feel anything spiritually. But he has done it. Because I know that someone here has a wonderful testimony. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. We're in the month of April. Before the end of this year, we will rejoice with you. Before the end of this year, we will celebrate with you. Oh, somebody's testimony is this month. It's this month. Before this month runs out, you will receive in the name of Jesus. Because the Lord is opening the gates. So the first thing from the passage is that it is good to praise the Lord. The second thing is that the enemies of the Lord shall perish. Now, who are the enemies of the Lord? The enemies of the Lord are your enemies. That's what the enemies of the Lord are your enemies. In case your, your neighbor is not talking to you, say the enemies of the Lord. They are my enemies. In other words, every enemy I have is the enemy of who? So who is going to fight? I'm not the one that will fight. Is that not so? The Bible says, he that touches you, touches the apple of his eye. Because your enemy is who? Is his enemy. Zechariah chapter 2 verse 8. Is that, is that not so? He that touches you, touches the apple of his eye. So before they touch you, they have to injure God. That's what it means. Before they can do anything with you, they will have dealt with God. And I know that God will not let anyone and anything touch you. Your celebration begins today in Jesus' name. Amen. The third thing from that passage is that a new anointing is reserved for those that God lifts up. You see, that passage says, uh, I believe it's, uh, is it uh, verse 10? It says, but my horn shall thou be exalted like the horn of a unicorn. It now says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. So, God will lift you up then he will do what? Is somebody with me this morning? He will lift you up, then he will do what? Amen. He will anoint you. He will anoint you. He wants to make sure, you know, Psalm 23 says, Thou prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my corporate over. In this particular situation, it says what? God will lift you up, then he will anoint you. The anointing is a confirmation of what he has done. So that when you begin to experience the joy of that anointing, it's a continuation of divine flourishing. A, co a continuation of what? Divine flourishing. And that takes us to my next point. 
when you are anointed with fresh oil, what happens? Remember, I said my point number three is that a new anointing is reserved for those that God lifts up. Now, when you are anointed with this fresh oil, what happens? Number one, you will see your desires on your enemies. Amen. You will do what? In Joshua chapter 10 verse 24, the Bible says, when they brought out the enemies, the kings that were enemies of Joshua and, and, and Israel, he, 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 he told the captains, he said, come, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came there, and they put their feet upon the necks of those kings. Those kings wanted to kill the children of Israel. Who were those that died instead? The kings were the ones that died. And the captains put their feet upon the necks of them. When your feet is on the neck of your enemy, um, how much power does that enemy have? How much? If he wiggles too much, what happens? The neck will break. Once the neck breaks, what is left? Life is gone. So number one, you will see your desire on your enemies. Number two, you will hear the faith all your desires as they are perfected on your enemies. So, when you are anointed with fresh oil, you will hear as your desires are being perfected on your enemies. That's number two. Number three, when you are anointed with fresh oil, you will flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedar. You will do what? And grow like the cedar. We all know uh, what they tell us about the palm tree. Number one, the palm tree, at least the one we know in God's own country. Every part of the palm tree is what? It's useful. The oil, the kernel, the, every part of it is useful. And one thing about that palm tree is that its roots are what? They are very deep. They are very deep. And you know, there's someone in our midst today. And you've been wondering, when will God do it? God has been perfecting your root. He has been making your root very deep. So that no wind, no wind can toss you around. You know, when you, you, know you can drop a seed anywhere and the seed will germinate. But the ones that have got no root, as they germinate, what happens? The wind will blow them off. The ones that are rooted, the wind makes them stronger and they stand where they, are, where they are planted. You will be deeply rooted in him in Jesus' name. Yes. Psalm 37, Psalm 37, verse 35 to 37. Psalm 37, verse 35 to 37 says, I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree, yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yet I sought him, but he could not be found. Now look at verse 37. Mark the perfect man. And behold the upright. For the end of that man is what? The end of that man. Tell somebody, your end is peace. Your end is peace. Now tell the person, my end is peace. My end is peace. Mark the righteous man. Mark the perfect man. Number four. When you have anointed, you will be planted in the house of the Lord. You will do what? You will be planted in the house of the Lord. So this anointing is an anointing that plants. There's a story in Isaiah chapter 22 from verse 20. Isaiah 22 from verse 20. 
He says, and it shall come to pass in that day. Isaiah 22 from verse 20. I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah. Verse 21. And I will clothe him with thy robe and strengthen him with thy girdle. I will commit thy government into his hand and he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Let's go ahead, verse 22. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. So he shall open and none shall shut. And he shall shut and none shall open. God wants to give someone here a key. Will you receive it? Will you take it? It's a key that brings establishment. It's a key that once established, no man can take from you. He said you will open and none can shut. You will shut and none can open. Now look at verse 23. That's where we are going. He said, I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. And verse 24 says, they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house. So there is a glory, or do I say some glory, that has been lingering around that belongs to you. They are coming. I said they are coming. With the anointing today, every glory that belongs to you, that has been parading around, they will locate you in the name of Jesus. Do you remember what happened in the book of Ezekiel 37? Ezekiel prophesied. The Bible says there was a noise. There was a shaking. And all those bones, what happened? They came together. The bones began to locate where they belong. Every glory that belongs to you will locate you today in Jesus' name. Every word of prophecy that is yours will locate you today in Jesus' name. That which the Lord has spoken concerning you shall come to pass today in Jesus' name. Finally, when you are anointed, the Bible says you will bring forth fruit in old age. You will do what? You will be fruitful in old age. What does that mean? And that, that can be a sermon on its own. Being fruitful in old age can mean that, number one, when, when they say you can't have a child again, you will have children. Amen. I didn't say you will have a child. You have what? Children. I think that's what God is planning for us in this church. Amen. You know, we've been talking about those triplets. Mm. Uh, is somebody with me? Yeah. We've been talking about those triplets. They are coming. Amen. I said they are coming. Amen. Somebody that will be anointed today will be the first one to give us triplets. In the name of Jesus. You will bear fruit in old age. You begin to do impossible things. You will bear fruit in old age. Uh, what is, Sister, Sister Sarah looked at herself. Uh, Bro Collins, why are you laughing? You want triplets? <laughs> You want triplets? <laughs> Sarah looked at herself and said, ah, is this possible at my age? But God has spoken. And once God has spoken, it is done. It is established. And the name of the Lord shall be glorified in Jesus' name. Look at Isaiah 46 verse 4. He said, even to your old age, I am he. That is God speaking. You know? I am he. Even to her, yes, I will carry you. 
Tell somebody God will carry you. God will carry you. Now tell the person God will carry me. God will carry me. He said, I have made, I will bear. I will carry and will deliver you. That's God speaking. We are talking about God. The God that the Bible tells us that with God, how many things are impossible? No, how many things are impossible? How many things are impossible? With God, nothing is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And brethren, nothing means nothing. All things mean all things. The Bible is complete. These words have come to us so that we, we know, realize that there is no limitation. There is no limitation. There is no limitation. The anointing will benefit two groups of people today. Number one, the righteous. Tell somebody, are you righteous? This anointing will benefit the righteous. You know what the Bible tells me? In 1 John chapter 5, verse 17 to 18, it says, all unrighteousness is sin. I think that summarizes it all. All unrighteousness is sin. In Psalm 45, from verse 6 to 7, Psalm 45, it says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. It said, Thou lovest righteousness. Maybe you should ask your neighbor, do you love righteousness? Because some of us, we don't love righteousness. He said, thou lovest righteousness. And what, for, for, what follows next? And hatest wickedness. You must love righteousness. You must hate wickedness. He said, therefore God, even thy God. So that's another question. Is he your God? It's your God that will anoint you. See, what I'm doing today with the oil, or what my wife is doing with the oil for the children, we are, we are just standing in, in whose place? We are standing in the place of the assignment God has given us. It is your God. It is your God that will anoint you. He said, therefore God, thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Remember where we started? It is those that God has promoted that he does what? That he anoints. That's what that passage says. So now he wants to promote you above your fellows. He wants to make you a reference point in your family. He wants to make you a reference point in your generation. He wants men to look at you and say, ah, I mean, look at that brother. Look at that sister. That's what God has in place for you. And you will attain it in Jesus' name. But you must love righteousness and you must hate wickedness. You must hate iniquity. So number one, those that are righteous. Number two, those that serve God. Those that do what? Those that serve God. If you are planted in the house of God, then the anointing will take you to the greatest heights. In Hebrews 12, 28 to 29. Hebrews 12, 28. He said, wherefore, we receiving a kingdom. Hebrews 12, 28 to 29. Which cannot be moved. Let us have grace. Whereby we may do what? Serve God acceptably. With reverence and godly fear. Those that serve God. 
are assured of the benefits of this new anointing. He said, for our God is what? A consuming fire. He consumes impurities. He consumes obstacles. He consumes uh, uh, inadequacies. You know, some of us, when we look at ourselves, all we see is what? Our deficiency. See, I, I can't do it because of one, two, three, four, five. You may even count ten. That's why our God is what? A consuming fire. Write the whole ten and give him and say, Father, you are a consuming fire. Do what? Consume it. And what will he do? He will consume it. And then he leaves you in your best form. Because when God created you, he looked at you. How did you look? No, he didn't say you were good. You were very good. Look at the Bible. Every creation of God, he looked at them, they were good. They were good. But when he created man, he looked at him, he was what? Very good. Tell somebody I'm very good. Some people are not even sure. Tell you, I, say somebody, I am, very good. I am very good. The Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139, he said, marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth. Is there anyone here who is marvelous? Are you marvelous? That's what the Bible says about you. Tell somebody, you are marvelous. Now tell that person, I am marvelous. Say, marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth how very well. That's what the Bible says. My soul doesn't just know it uh, uh, managingly. My soul knows very, very well. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am marvelous. I am a great handwork of God. The Lord will have his way in your life. I said the Lord will have his way in your life. And the last point is the fruitful. Those who are fruitful. If you are fruitful, this anointing will make glorious impact in your life. What do we mean by when we say being fruitful? Two things. Two things. Number one, you must bear the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot bear the fruit of the Spirit if you don't have the Spirit that makes you to bear the fruit. So the Spirit of God must dwell in you. The Spirit of God cannot dwell in you if you are not born again. So being fruitful means bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Verse 22. Verse 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Bear the fruit of the Spirit. If the Spirit is in you, if the Spirit is not in you, that's what you need to do before we start this anointing service. You just go to and say, Father, <laughs> come into my life. I want the benefit of this anointing to be my portion. You invite him into your life. The Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit and then the works of the flesh. What are the works of the flesh? In Galatians 5, 19 to 21, it says adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions. Wow. It's a long list. Heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. You see, the list has no ending. 
But that cannot debar you from being blessed today if you go before the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. I know that this one will prevent my blessings from being full. So God, do what? Take it away. I know I'm full of envy. I, I know I just hate that brother. Brethren, be truthful to yourself. I don't know who I was listening to. I was listening to somebody. I think it's a lady. And she said, I went before the Lord and said, Lord, I hate that sister. She wanted God to do what? To, to, to cleanse her. Say, Lord, I hate that sister. And then God said, the problem is you. The problem is not that sister. He said, every time we are, yeah, I'm remembering very well. Every time we have our practice, any song we bring, that sister will object it. She will stand against the song. She's always causing disruptions in the choir. I hate her. Now, she doesn't talk to that sister. They're in the choir together. She doesn't talk to her. They've never had any disagreement. But she doesn't like the sister. Because she believes that it's that sister that brings disruption in the choir. And then the Lord told her, you are the problem. Say, so begin to pray for that sister. That was the first thing. Then the Lord told her, buy a gift and go and give that sister. To she said it was very difficult for her to do. But she was a child of God. That's why she could go to God and say, what? I hate that. I'm talking about being honest to yourself. So that the, the anointing of today will benefit you. There are wonderful promises, brethren, and God will do it. Amen. But we must make sure that whatever can stand in the gap between us and what God wants to do, we do what? We, we, we cleanse it. We wash it away. And so she bought a gift. I want to give that sister. Now she was the first person in that fellowship. It was a university fellowship. She was the first person to give that sister a gift. Because her core, the core members of the choir were looking at her the way she was looking at her. Those that have had physical, uh, that have quarreled with her, and those that were quarreling from afar. If you know what I mean. So, all of a sudden, she began to see the other side of this sister. He said, this sister truly was a child of God. And she had a, an excellent side that nobody in the choir knew. Because as far as they were concerned, she was what? She was a disruptive person. And, and do you know what? It's possible though, that those songs they were bringing were truly songs that were not godly. But they just, like she was, she was, she was clear with God and said, I hate this sister, God help me. And God said, the problem is you, the problem is not her. And when she was giving this testimony, this woman was a successful pastor, a woman of God. And she said, up to that day, herself and that sister, they are in touch and they are friends. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm just saying, be truthful to yourself. So that the anointing, I mean, when the Lord tells us to do something like this, he has a reason. So that this anointing will not be in vain. Tell the Lord. If you hate that brother, tell God, Lord, I'm sorry I hate that brother. Help me. I don't want this anointing to be what? To be in vain. I don't want this oil to just touch me and be ordinary oil. I want a touch of your spirit. One of our pastors was ministering one day. And he was ministering to sisters. In fact, to, uh, well, I mean, women in ministry. And he told them, he said, 
all of you as i'm looking at you now at one point or the other some of you have wished that your husband is dead and it's true where am i going some of us it's not uh, someone else that you hate oh. it's your husband you better repent tell your neighbor you better repent some of us who are in church today, you want to be anointed, you hate your wife. You better do what? Tell your neighbor again, you better repent. Those are things that will hinder the efficacy of this anointing oil. Uh, maybe it's your, your dad that you hate. Or maybe it's your mom. Some of us, you see a sister, she's excellent. She's wonderful. She's an angel. Which, which type of angels are women? <laughs> She's a nightingale. Is, is that a right word? But if you dare mention her mom beside her, you will see the other side of her. Yes. Uh, on every other thing, all is well. Talk of her mom, you are in trouble. Then you will see the other side of that sister. Uh, look for one sister and tell her, repent. I said, look for one sister and tell the sister, tell one sister near you, repent. Amen. The Lord will hear our prayers today. Amen. And his name shall be glorified in our lives. Amen. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. It's a new anointing. The Lord wants to do something new in your life. He wants to begin something afresh in your life from today. Like if there's anything that can be a hindrance, you don't need a long confession. Just come before him and say, Lord, have mercy on me. You are my father, you are my creator. You know me more than I know myself. On this one and this one, forgive me. Or on this one and this one, help me. Maybe that's what you need. Help me. I want this anointing to benefit me. I don't want to live here the way I came. I want my story to be different from today. I know you are giving testimonies to people. I want my own testimony to begin today. Maybe you are here with one sickness or the other. Maybe the doctors have said there is nothing we can do. That is the doctor's brethren. This anointing will bring healing. And you will have a new song. You will have a testimony. You know like that man that said once, one thing I know. Once I was blind. But now I see. You will come here and say one thing I know. Once I was sick, but now I am well. Father, we just thank you. We lift your name on I accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Before I round up, maybe you are here or you are watching online and you want to give your life to Jesus. That's very important. That's the starting point of this relationship. Just say with me, Lord Jesus, I come before you today and I invite you into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Take my life and write my name in the book of life. And from this day onwards, I want to start afresh with you. Let this anointing take me to the height of my potential. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, I commit every one of your children in this sanctuary and in the children's right to your hands. As we go into this anointing service, this oil will make a new beginning in the lives of your children. This oil will bring a divine turnaround in the name of Jesus. Every sickness, every illness in anyone's life, today marks the end in the name of Jesus. There shall be a divine performance, and your name shall be glorified. 
Obstacles shall be uprooted. Stumbling blocks will become stepping stones. Rejection will become celebration. Favor will begin to shine forth. And the peace of God will reign supreme. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for we have prayed in Jesus' name. So quickly we'll go to the silence. So I'm going to anoint. I will fulfill divine purpose. Beginning from this day, the plan of God will comfort him alive. The spirit of excellence from the living God abides in me. Abides in me. Abides in me. Beginning from this moment, I am empowered to do the impossible. I am empowered to scale heights. I am empowered to excel. I speak to my body from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. Be quickened in the name of Jesus. Receive life in the name of Jesus. Begin to do the impossible in the name of Jesus. My life will testify. My glory will testify. My womb will testify. Don't say because you are not a woman. Every person has a womb. Are we together? So when I say my womb will testify, don't say I'm not a woman. Say it again. My womb will testify. There is a place of incubation of visions and dreams. And that place is called the womb. Say it again. My womb will testify. I decree the presence and the power of the living God upon me, through me, from this day onwards. So shall it be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.